Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 7 of Keeping It Arcadia. My name is Amritha Marlapati and I will be your host for this episode. We will be hearing from the Varsity Girls Soccer Team about their personal experience in the CIF Semifinals game. We will also be hearing from the Evergreen Club and their new additions to our high school. But before that, Vanya will be speaking to Coach Shocks, our new track and field long-distance coach, about his personal experience with running and the team's upcoming season. Hello, my name is Vanya Mahdi, and I'm going to be interviewing Coach Jacques Salberg, who is the long-distance track and field coach, as well as the girls' cross-country coach on their upcoming track and field season. Can you give us some insight on your personal running career? I started running when I was in the high school. I ran for college, and I competed after college, I would say semi-professionally, for several years. And then I still compete now. It's a sport I enjoy, and... Right now, I'm giving back to the sport by coaching young, aspiring runners to do their best with the sport, and hopefully some of them will go further than I did. Well, I'm glad you're doing great things at the moment. Can you share what the team dynamic is like? So we have a good group of girls who range different you know, grade levels. We've got ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. We have a lot of seniors this year, and so they are doing their part with being leaders and helping the young runners come into their own in terms of like their athletic abilities and their understanding of the sport. So um, we have we have a really good group, a really good team dynamic in terms of like the relationships they have and everybody getting along. Very fun atmosphere. It's exciting to be around. Wow, I'm really glad to hear how even before the start of the season, everyone on the team is so connected, and I love how there's so many great and strong leaders on the team. Now for the next question, I would also like to ask, how are you currently leading the team during training and preparation for the track season starting soon? Um, well, we train, and as far as leading, I, I tend to lead by example. So I, do, I, you know, I run myself, so uh, I help them with some of their workouts they need pacing and I'm here every day on time and uh, I'm enthusiastic. Oh I heard how you mentioned how you like to run with your runners and pace them during workouts and I think that's an amazing training technique. How would you say that positively affects your runners? Well it, it allows them to not have to stress about thinking about them being responsible for a specific pace. If I'm pacing them, they just they can zone out and just follow the leader. And sometimes it's, there's a lot. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit less anxiety involved with that. You know, just having to focus on the back of the person in front of you. Well, as I mentioned before, I think that that's a great way to push your runners to do better, and it's a wonderful training technique. And I would actually like to add on by asking how the training is going and what you guys do besides running to train. So far, our season technically hasn't started yet, so uh, we've just been training and getting ready for our first race, which is this weekend. Outside of running, I tell these really boring, long stories. So uh, we lift weights. Sometimes I'll break out the, um, the battle ropes. We use battle ropes. We haven't gone in the pool as much as I would like to, um, just because we have to, you know, we have to share with water polo and swimming. And then it's, it's really tough to get in there because I don't have a key. But aside from that, we do cartwheels. Hey, we do cartwheels. Yeah, so we do core, a lot of core exercises. We do a lot of core exercises. In the weight room, we, you know, we, we lift weights. Not very heavy weights, but you know, we do pull-ups. We, we do my own form of capoeira, or we do like, it's almost like breakdancing. 
and so develops symmetry, upper body, upper body strength and balance um, and coordination. So these are some of the things we, we have to do as runners to maintain a certain type of balance because if we don't, you know, you tend to get injured sometimes, uh, a lot of times with running, if you're not careful and you, you don't have that balance. I heard that you mentioned that you guys do cartwheels. How would you say that it helps and affects your running? I wouldn't say it affects us as much as like what I was, I was saying. It, it helps you create body symmetry and balance um, and coordination. And when you have that, then it applies towards everything else you do. When you're, when you're running in a, in a straight you know, line or you know, in, a, in a specific plane going in a certain direction, you're using specific muscles to go in that direction. But this sport that we do, things happen. You, know, you have a root in your way. The idea here is that you have to be able to use different muscle groups, not just the ones that are keeping you in one direction. And, uh, and if those muscle groups aren't activated, or if they're not like, if, if they're not readily available for you to use, then that's when you tend to tweak a muscle or something, you can get hurt pretty easy. So uh, we wanna make sure that we're not, we're not spending all this time focusing on lifting weights and getting those, getting stronger and bigger. We're just trying to use those muscles so that if we need them, they're, they're, they're readily available for us. That was really well said. What do you think this year's track season will look like, and what are your expectations for this year's team? Well, I, I think this track season is going to be the best track season every single runner here has had. My expectation is that every person on this team finds success with what they're doing, and they enjoy it, and they, they keep doing it beyond high school. They decide, they, they actually, I, want, I really want them to learn how to to train and, and I want them to learn and understand the whys, why are they doing what they're doing and how it affects their body internally, you know, what's going on physiologically within the body and so that they can actually use this towards something else in the future in their life. I want them to be able to coach if they had to, you know, the greatest, the greatest determinant of knowing a subject matter is the ability to teach that subject matter. So I would like for them to be able to teach what they're learning within this running game, this running sport, this running thing that we do. And uh, if they do that, then I know that I did my job well and I know that this season was an ultimate success. I'd like to foster competitiveness you know, in the program. Is I, I would love for them to win. And winning can be anything, but you know, winning, obviously winning, to most people, winning is taking first place. But winning is not just taking first place. It's many other things, and one, one of them could be, you can say it's, it's the triumph over, over every, everything that's uh, a challenge in your life, you know, getting beyond it and getting past it. And you can do that with running. Everybody in this room knows a time that they want to reach. And so it's in their mind right now. They, they might share it with me or they might just keep it to themselves and it's in their heart and they know it. And, and that's their goal, their, their own personal goal. So yeah, I guess to answer your question in a really, really long way, um, if everybody reaches their own personal goals, then that's, that's, that's what I'm expecting out of them. That's amazingly said. And is there anything that you would like to tell um, future runners that would like to join the team next year? For, those, for anybody that would be interested in coming out to run cross country, number one, I'd love to have you. I think it's a great sport. I think it's something that you can use that actually helps you with everything else that you do. You know, like it, it stimulates brain function. And this is something that you need. It helps you plan, plan your day out. You, can, you, you, you get better 
at organization skills through running. And that's just, that's just a small part of it. Now, the other part of it is, you know, I'd, I'd love for people to come join the team because this is a great way to, for lack of a better way to say it, this is a great way to express yourself. You know, running allows you to express yourself in a specific way out there. You don't need to rely upon somebody else in this particular sport for you to do well and for you to express yourself the way you want to athletically. You can do it. You can do it on your own, but you're also within a group that's doing it simultaneously. So there's a team atmosphere and you work together and everybody works together and, and you know, you, you enjoy each other's company. And like I said, we have a really good group of runners here, good group of athletes who get along. Wow, that was really well said. I'm really glad to hear about all the amazing things that you guys are doing, and we're all excited to see about how the track season will go this year. Good luck on your guys' first meet on February 19th. This being the first year that the Evergreen Club is active on the Arcadia High School campus, Joya will be speaking with Geshwant Bulikula about the new additions of compost bins on campus. Recently, the Evergreen Club has implemented new compost bins around campus to ensure sustainable practices at Arcadia High School. Hello everyone, my name is Joy Sarkar and I'm here with Keshwat Puligula, one of the Evergreen Club's presidents, to discuss more about the club's new campus additions. So to start off, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Keshwat Puligula and I am one of Evergreen Club's co-presidents and basically some of the like role some of my roles are like just contacting advisors and like administrators and then uh leading club meetings and things like that thank you so much keshwan and now i know that this is evergreen club's first year being active on campus and holding in-person events for students so could you tell me a little bit more about the club and kind of how it originated yeah so evergreen club is actually a combination of three environmental clubs so previously we've had a green team serial club and campus environmental so um, during the online year last year, we combined all three clubs during like the end of the year. And this was this year is like the first year where we've been in person with everyone. And it's been really cool because we've been able to have like the activities of all three clubs into like one like compre- a comprehensive experience for like all our club members. So like uh, we've been able to do a lot of different activities and it's been really fun. With that being said, are there like any messages that the club hopes to bring to students and faculty throughout the year? Because as you said, it's very comprehensive and it's three clubs involved. So I know maybe the purpose is a little bit greater than just the individual clubs. Yeah, definitely. I think during our meetings, we try to like emphasize a message of like sustainability and environmentalism, like taking care of the environment. And we know how important that is because like, as we see, just not in our school, like in the community, we know like how big climate changes to the society and the world as a whole. So I think we just try to emphasize like to our club members, and even if you're not part of Evergreen Club, it's just important for like students and teachers outside the club to know how important like taking care of the environment, taking care of the school, first of all, is important. Yeah, I agree. And so with the message of sustainability, one of the club's ongoing projects is the implementation of compost bins around campus, which really practices the idea of like sustainability around our school. So my question is, how did the idea of the compost bins develop? I think one of the main issues we have we have here is like uh, food waste. I think we see it like during lunchtime. There's like a lot of different like trash and things like that going around. So we actually first reached out to uh, Miss Stillman, like the principal of our school. So mm-hmm. we reached out to her on like a food waste proposal, and um, we were later contacted by Mr. Munoz uh, to like further that. There's actually like a Senate bill that came into play during January of 2022. So it uh, requires like all residencies and like schools to like start doing organic recycling. And that's like one form of that is composting. 
We got the bins like, uh, and if you walk around the quad area or the science building area, you'll see like it's like green bins and basically what you want to do is like compost in those bins uh, as opposed to like the gray trash cans. Yeah, so when you talk about the green compost bins, my question is like how many are there around just and where are they located so students know exactly where to go if they want to participate in the composting? Yeah, so right now we have about like 25 to 30 uh, compost bins and um, students can really distinguish them easily because like the compost bins are green and then the regular trash cans are gray. So, um, and the compost bins also have compost uh, like painted on the side of them and on top of the lids. So they're mainly right now uh, situated like in the quad area. So they're in that area and then they're also in like near the science building and mm. the boys and girls restroom. So you can always uh, compost there. We have, we also made infographics like detailing on how to compost, on what things you should compost and what things you should put in gray trash cans. So you can, students can always look at that to help them out. My question is, how, how's the project going so far and has there been any noticeable progress in relation to food waste around campus? Yeah, well, I think one thing is it's still a little bit early right now. I think um, we just put out the compost bins like one to two weeks. So, but we have seen like, for example, um, the cardboard uh, trays that you, people can get at school lunches. We've seen those being put in the compost bins, which is really good. We've also seen like some fruits like apples and oranges and banana peels also put into the compost bins, which is really good. But there's still like sometimes where uh, students like uh, put in plastic items like soda cans or like um, like ketchup packets or like uh, wrapping from uh, different utensils, which is uh, it just causes more of a burden on like the system and like the custodian and staff. So just making sure students are like uh, distinguishing and obviously it's early so um, right, what we have right now is going really well. That's good. So you mentioned the custodians are part of the process and so I just wanna, wanted to ask once the compost bins are full what are the processes after that like you know sorting and like what happens to the compostable items? Once they're full the custodians they usually uh, sort through um, and they look for any like uh, plastic materials or anything that shouldn't belong in the compost. Most of the items are compostables like soil, paper, cardboard, um, uh, food waste, uh, yard trimmings, like plants, anything like that. So usually the custodian staff uh, separates those two items from the trash and the composting. And then we work with uh, the city, uh, city company, like the waste management company, and they take it and usually um, they have a process and eventually it becomes compost where we can use it for many different things. So does this like sorting that the custodians perform, does this happen daily or weekly? Yeah, it happens a couple times, couple, a few times a week. So um, usually after every day they go through and then we have like a larger dumpster in the back and they usually deposit like all the compostable materials in there. Once or twice a week, the, the waste management company comes and takes all our compost. So you mentioned previously that most of the time students are pretty good at distinguishing what's compost and what's not, but are there any items that you guys see frequently that are put in the compost bins that you think would be nice for students to just be more aware that they shouldn't be in the compost bins? Definitely. There's like always like sometimes uh, milk cartons I think is one big example. Um, and it's easy to get confused because milk cartons I think most mostly it's made of paper and soil paper is like one of the things that you can compost but the thing about milk cartons is that it has like wax lining inside of it to like uh, make it and that can't be composted and has to go in the trash so that's one thing that we have to make sure that uh, 
we have to do. And then another thing is also plastic utensils. We do see sometimes there's like plastic utensils that go in the compost tray, compost bins. And uh, those, no matter what, they have to go in the trash cans because they can't be composted. And yeah, just those two things. But um, obviously it's still early. So I think once uh, students start seeing more of it, it'll get a lot better. And so one more question I have is, you mentioned that this, there was a Senate bill mm -hmm. that required organic recycling at schools. So was this, did this idea come up solely from Evergreen Club to implement this, or did any administration contact you guys to bring the idea? Because this is a bill, so it means it was required, right? Mm -hmm. So just could you explain a little bit more about that? Evergreen Club, we have been working with like the city of Arcadia to like do uh, seminars and things like that around the city as well and as I mentioned earlier we uh, tried to contact uh, Ms. Dillman um, to get started on it and then later on uh, we were contacted by Mr. Munoz to get started on the project and it's been really uh, a really cool process and like um, he's walked us through each step and it's been like a really cool partnership to see. That's nice to hear and so besides compost bins are you guys working or planning on anything else for the new future? Yeah well I think we always have like uh, events like every couple of weeks. So um, one thing that we did last semester, for example, we did like a succulent sale. I don't know if like, yeah, a lot of people like bought them and it was like just like promoting a message of sustainability. And we usually have like D-Row garden maintenance. So if you guys know, there's like D-Row garden um, and usually there's like succulent plants there and like there's benches and a lot of people eat like lunch there and do uh, like just hang out. But um, it, many of the plants there are overgrown so like one and like the sprinkler systems and like other like the benches there are really like broken down um so one of the projects that evergreen club has taken is like replacing the sprinkler systems and like just cutting down on the overgrown weeds and different plants like that and just making it look nice so we've done that like uh like a couple times already and we do it like once or twice each month yeah wow that's that's really good to help our school and our environment Thank you so much for informing us about the Evergreen Club and its purpose and also sharing us the importance of sustainable practices like composting. I'm sure students will be more aware of the compost bins and how to utilize them properly. It has been a pleasure speaking with you today and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Now, Wesley will be speaking to varsity girls soccer captains Destiny and Kaya about the CIF semifinals game. Hello everyone, my name is Wesley Chen and I'm here with juniors Destiny and Kai who are captains of the girls varsity soccer team. So it's been over a decade since Arcadia has made it this far for girls soccer. Do you feel like you had any pressure going into this game and how important was this game to you? Honestly, I felt more pressure from the giant crowd. For me, it was just like another game. Yeah, me too. Like, cause it was a home game, so like everyone was going, and the crowds were like really full, so it just like felt more pressure. Because normally our games like don't have that many yeah. people. Yeah, so I was also there, and there were also a lot of people, and it was pretty impressive how you guys performed out there. And so, what type of emotions um, really went through your head during the game, and even after the game ended? You know, during the game, I think we were, we were all pretty confident, of course, a little nervous because it was like a semifinal game. Yeah, for me, after the game, I was like really upset because I really wanted to go to the championships because like we've never gotten that far before and it would have been a home game too, so like it would have been really fun. But yeah. yeah, I was just upset and mad and sad. We were like one game away from winning the whole thing and we'd come so far just to lose it like right before we won the championship.
Yeah, that was definitely a really close game, and I feel like we definitely could have won that game. But with that in mind, how do you think your coaches have helped you succeed? Was there any specific tactics or plays you guys did that really proved to work? Both of our coaches both, like, boosted everyone's confidence by just, like, motivating us, telling us that we definitely have a shot at this. And throughout the whole season, they were all so supportive. They all planned the practices to help us grow, and it was, they were really great. Regarding, like, tactics and stuff, like, we just kind of continued what we've been doing all season because we've been able to score a lot of goals during season with, like, going wide and stuff and then getting it to the middle to our forwards. But I guess it just didn't work out in that game, but it was working for the rest of the season, so we just used that. They also give, like, every player a lot of freedom. We don't feel like robots, like, having to play a specific kind of, like, game tactic, but instead we can all, like, show what we've got in our own way, which is really great. Sort of a side question. I noticed in some of the corner kicks you guys played it short. Were there any like specific plays you guys did on corner kicks or set pieces or anything like that? Well, for corner kicks, like they wanted us to go short a lot so that we could get a better angle for like a shot. But they just said that if like two defenders came out to us, then we had to like do a normal corner kick. So in the semifinal game, we had to use the normal corner kick because they always sent two defenders. Sure, so this one's sort of more towards Destiny. So for your defensive line, did you guys feel like kind of pushing a higher line to push the mids up and ultimately also the forwards up? Or did you think about playing a one-man back type of um, strategy? For the defensive line, of course we wanted to push up just like so we don't get caught too far back, but we also didn't want to go too high because they do like to send the over, like the through balls and balls in the air. It honestly all depended on the play. If like the ball was all the way like towards their goal, of course we're gonna step up more. But if it was towards more in the middle, we kind of wanted to watch getting caught too far up just in case, because their forwards were also really fast. I think we dominated the midfield for the most part yeah, when I was sure. watching the game. We had possession for most of the game. Usually that would mean we win, but we just weren't able to capitalize on our opportunities. What do you think was sort of the problem that made us lose the game? Well. We definitely did have like possession in the middle and like for most of the game, but it's just like the final third of the field. We weren't able to like find shots or get them on frame. And like I think our forwards had a hard time like pressing the ball like when it went back to the keeper and for rebounds and stuff. So I guess we just had to be more aggressive in the final third and like in the box because we were we should have won the game because we had like the ball the whole time, but we just couldn't capitalize on our opportunities. Yeah, and our forwards were really working hard, but they had a, a pretty good defensive line, so I got to give it to Sarah Canyon for that too. Since you guys have a relatively young squad this year with only a few graduating seniors, how does the future look for you guys moving forward? Honestly, I'm very excited because all this young talent, they're so impressive and they're only going to start growing from there. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what the future holds with all these young players that we're getting. Yeah, and it's also good because like next year our team is going to basically be the exact same, so we'll already know each other, and we'll just be able to build on what we've already created so far. So next year is looking really good for us. Yeah, we're going to bring it home. That's true. I mean, you guys are juniors right now. You guys still have a whole year left. You have a bunch of players who are sophomores and freshmen. You have Alina, who is one of the lead scorers, who's a freshman or a sophomore right now? She's a freshman. Yep, and then you have Elaine, who is a freshman or sophomore? Yeah, she's a freshman too. Right there. And, yeah, we have a lot of young talent, and I'm excited to see what you guys do um, next year. 
Do you guys have anything else that you guys want to add about maybe next year with the team? Overall, I'm really proud of our performance this year. Like, we haven't gone to semi since 1992 or something like that, like in a decade. So, yeah, I'm really proud of us. Even though, of course, we didn't get the outcome we wanted, we wanted to win the championship, but we're almost there. I'm glad we made it this far, though. Yeah, and, like, we were underdogs going into CIF. Like, we were ranked really low, and we were able to, like, beat all the teams and get to the semis, so that was really fun and rewarding yeah and just bonding with the team like after every win it was just so it was so amazing like after the game against cabrillo um the bus ride home was just so fun we're all blasting music because we we're going to semi so yeah it was it was all it was a really fun season all right well thank you guys for being here with me today it was really great to hear um your insight on the team the games and just the emotions that went through your head um we wish you the best of luck next season Thank you very much for tuning in to the seventh episode of Season 5, Keep It Near Arcadia. For the full list of episodes, you can visit dciaust.weebly.com or visit our Podbean podcast page. Make sure to check out at Arcadia DCI and at Arcadia Unified on Instagram and the Arcadia Unified School District Facebook page to find out more about DCI and keep up with district events. This has been Amritha Marlapati with Keep It Near Arcadia, and we'll see you in the next episode. This is Keeping It Arcadia signing off.